We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cast. Good morning. Cars honking, buses yanking doors open for passengers, construction workers jackhammering through concrete. Amid all the hubbub of Baltimore, you can also find a stillness. Inside dozens of city schools, children are taking slow, deep breaths, practicing poses like the frog and the helicopter, and focusing on being present in the moment. How this stillness came to be in Baltimore City Schools is part of the story told in Let Your Light Shine, How Mindfulness Can Empower Children and Rebuild Communities, written by the three co-founders of the Holistic Life Foundation, Ali Smith, Otman Smith, and Andres Gonzalez. The book explores how the three met, were introduced to meditation, and created their in-school and after-school program. When we spoke in October, I began by asking Ollie to talk about his Uncle Will, whose wisdom is shared throughout the book. So um, despite being one of my favorite people that's ever been alive on this planet, um, he is me and Amon's godfather. Um, so we've known him our whole life. He was one of our dad's best friends. And uh, he was our he was our spiritual teacher. He was the one that got us into the practice uh, really deeply um, as we got out of college. One of those people that got into yoga in the early 60s and never, ever stopped learning or practicing. Um, so he was so happy when the three of us showed up as students um, that, that like, like it, it, it lit him up uh, to be able to share the knowledge with someone that he knew was going to share the practice. Andres, you grew up in Severn in Anne Arundel County. How did you become friends with the Smith Brothers? Yeah, so I met the uh, Smith Brothers in College Park. We all uh, went to University of Maryland at College Park. And I wish I could say that I'd met them at a meditation class or a yoga session, but you know, we were in college, so honestly, I met them partying out in some bars or house parties and stuff like that. And uh, eventually, we just became very good friends. And as we started connecting with each other more, our conversations went a little further away from the whole party scene and more towards going inward and wondering, you know, why are we here? What's the purpose of life? And, and why are there so many people suffering? So we made that connection in college, uh, grew together this idea that we needed to be these, for lack of a better word, superheroes to help us help save the world. And, and I think that's where our journey really began. Otman, Uncle Will and your parents are described in this book as hippies in the hood. How would you describe your childhood? It was very different. Uh, my brother and I from like were from like uh, West Baltimore, uh, like off of uh, like Northern Pulaski, which is like the hood. Like you know, it's one of the more hectic uh, communities uh, in all of America, honestly. Um, but you know, they we were like those weird kids where we couldn't eat sugar or salt. We were vegetarians before it was cool. We were those weird kids that had to bring you know, uh, soybean hot dogs to cookouts. And, you know, because, you know, our parents, uh, they were just conscious. Um, they were really different. Like, we went to friend school, which was a lot different, which was, was a Quaker school. So they were, like, really focused on having us have uh, contemplative practices in our life. You know, we live our lives uh, that way to this day. Um, so they were definitely, indeed, hippies in the hood. I remember one thing uh, that from our childhood that always stands out and is hilarious to me now. Like, you know how big snowball stands are in Baltimore? So, like, our friends could go and get normal snowballs, you know, the bright colors, the sugary flavors. And Ahmed and I would have to take our ice back home 
and our mom would pour like organic apple juice or organic orange juice on them. So they, all our friends had these bright colors and that we would walk back out with like dull orange or dull brown snowballs. And our friends were like, man, y'all ruined that. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, that's not a snowball. <laughs> This is On the Record on WIPR. I'm Sheila Cast speaking with Ali Smith, one of the founders of the Holistic Life Foundation, which offers mindfulness classes in Baltimore City schools. Also with us are co-founders Otman Smith and Andres Gonzalez. We're speaking about their new book titled Let Your Light Shine. Andy, in 2001, you three formed the Holistic Life Foundation to offer yoga and mindfulness education to underserved students in Baltimore. Why start a nonprofit to spread ideas about the power of meditation? What was the motivation? We knew we wanted to start something that could help people. You know, we saw the suffering in the world and we thought we have this practice that we've been we've been pursuing for at this point it had been a year, two years where we were being these hermits and and we saw the difference that the practice was making within within us. So we saw how the breathing and the meditation and the movement was transforming us away from those party guys I was talking about earlier to more present, compassionate, loving beings. Now, we didn't know we were going to go the route of a nonprofit. It just happened to be that when we were first putting the organization together, we were going to do this project on ozone something. Ali, what is it again? What's the name of the Ali was the environmental major, so he knows exactly what the ozone thing was. Yeah, ground-level ozone detection was what we were looking into. There you go. So we're, we're looking into doing this project where we're going to show if we could maybe clean up a small area in in the neighborhood that, that we were living in. And, and when we went and filled out this grant, we find out that they're not going to give a grant to just three individuals and said that we had to form a nonprofit. So this is, you know, back in the day where Google didn't even exist. I think we went on something like Ask Jeeves and just looked how to start a nonprofit. And we just went through the checklist, filled it all out, not knowing that it was going to become something so huge, you know, 20 years later. But we didn't end up getting that grant. But that's how the actual nonprofit started. The idea of the actual organization was based on this concept where we wanted to show the interrelatedness between humans and the environment so that when you have a healthy human, it creates a healthy environment. When you have a healthy environment, it creates healthy humans. Upman, what were the biggest obstacles getting started? The biggest obstacle was funding. Um, you know, for our first eight years, we volunteered our time. Uh, we had to get jobs like Andy, Ali, and ourselves worked at uh, Shepherd Pratt um, at the intake facility where we worked uh, three shifts a weekend. We worked 24 hours during the weekend. So, we, you know, for our first eight years, it really seemed like one long day. And then, honestly, one of our mentors now, big brothers and board member, uh, Dr. Mark Greenberg, um, who my mom actually worked for facilitating uh, his past program, promoting alternative thinking strategies. She would tell him about her boys. Her boys are doing some great work. Her boys, you know. And one day he was in Baltimore. He decided to check us out. And he first came to our neighborhood in West Baltimore. And, you know, he's a doctor. So he, like, observed all the kids in their natural environment, um, you know, seeing kids curse each other out, fight each other. They were wrestling. And and then, you know, he saw these same kids who were um, wilding out in our neighborhood uh, the and and the one that was uh, you know cursing the most actually sat next to him, 
and instructed him on how to do every single yoga pose, what the benefits were, make sure that he's breathing in and out through his nose. And, you know, he was totally amazed because he could saw he saw how um, this practice was slowly but surely in the in the short time that he was observing our kids was transforming these kids. And the fact that when it was time for meditation, um, the room was uh, completely silent. And, you know, after he observed us, he was like, man, what do you all need? And, you know, we told him, like, honestly, we're like Andy said, we were trying to put in, you know, requests uh, to get funding, but we would never get funded. And because there was no studies done on, you know, the benefits of uh, yoga on youth. So we told him, like, look, man, if you, like we keep getting shot down because there, there's no research saying that what we're doing helps kids. So if you could help us put a study together, then, you know, that would help us immensely. So, you know, he helped us put together him and uh, Phil Leaf, uh, Dr. Phil Leaf down in the Bloomberg School of Public Health at Hopkins, put together the first randomized controlled study of the effectiveness of uh, yoga and mindfulness on uh, inner city youth. And, you know, that opened the door for us in regards to funding so we could increase our scope and impact uh, more communities and empower them uh, with the practice. Ali, one change you made after getting some advice from a researcher at Penn State was to replace references in your materials to yoga with educational and clinical terms. Why was this recommended? Um, I think it was so we could reach a larger audience. Like we didn't want to scare anyone away from the practice um, because these practices are for everyone, no matter what religion you are, no matter what background you come from, the practices are for everybody. And even though it's not, some people do see yoga as a religion. So it was like changing the way that we talked about things and the way that we reference things um, so that people would, they, they would just be more palatable to everyone and no one would be turned off because we didn't want to scare anyone away from the practice. And we knew that the practices work, like they've been around for thousands of years and they've been working for thousands of years. So we want to be able to share them with as many people as possible. And um, so we just changed the names of a lot of stuff and you know, instead of a meditation, we might teach a silent reflection. Um, instead of the Ujjayi breath, we might teach the stress breath. Um, just make them very relatable. And the, I think the coolest thing about all of this is that most of the things that we call stuff, um, like the, the we don't use the yogic names, the kids in our programs, particularly, it was mostly the ones that went to Robert W. Coleman Elementary, um, were the ones that came up with the names of all this stuff that we, that we, um, that we call everything. Like the helicopter pose you mentioned earlier, like they they named that the helicopter pose could just spin around like a helicopter. So, yeah, we thank the kids for that a lot. <laughs> Atman, in getting started, were there additional challenges because you were a Black-run organization? Um, I think so. Um, I think that we would have got a lot more support uh, in uh, the Baltimore City public school system if we didn't look the way that we looked. We were employing a lot of people that the Baltimore City Public School System had failed. Um, we were helping empower kids with practices that could help heal their trauma. We were helping bring down um, suspension numbers. And, you know, if uh, we looked a different way or of a different race, we would have gotten uh more support and our programs will be everywhere but you know um people kind of um took 
our program and um, created uh, blocks for us to be able to uh, be in the Baltimore public school system. And that's why we've taken our programs uh, nationally and globally because they are effective and they are empowering. Um, and I don't think that would have had to happen if we weren't, uh, you know, black and brown folks. Andres, was there a moment when you felt confident that this was going to be a success? Yeah, I would say the first moment that we, I think it was all of us kind of knew that what we were doing was having an impact was with that first program. And the first year that we started doing the after school program, our holistic me program, we were at an elementary school and they gave us their quote unquote 15, 20 problem kids. And when we picked them up the first day, a good 10 of them were at detention. And, and we're teaching them these techniques. And as the weeks start passing, you notice instead of there being 10, now there's only seven, now there's only five, now there's two, and now there's no kids at detention. And then it was this moment when, as people are, are talking to us, whether it's the, the, the administration, the teachers, the parents, they're looking at us kind of like, look, we don't know what y'all are really doing down there. Because they kind of had us in like the basement in the far back way room. They're like, we don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it because they could see the difference and the transformation that was happening in those kids, that same transformation that we saw happening within us. And I think that's when we kind of knew, hey, hey, we got something going here. If it was for an exact moment, I'd say a few years later, it's an amazing story. There's this one young lady who had a, a pretty tough upbringing, got bullied a little something. And, uh, and one day, Someone was picking on her, and, and she grabs the kid and, and by the shirt and throws her up against the locker rooms. And you could tell she's about to you know take a swing, and she looks over at us. She looks back at the kid and like looks back at us and looks at the kid in front of him, lets, lets the girl go. It's like, you lucky I meditate. Sits down and starts breathing. <laughs> and I think that was really the moment where we knew, hey, we got something here. We need to take a short break here in my conversation with Andres Gonzalez, Altman Smith, and Ali Smith, co-founders of the Holistic Life Foundation. It offers mindfulness classes to kids in Baltimore schools. Their new book is titled Let Your Light Shine. When we're back, what does mindfulness for kids sound like? I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. The new book, Let Your Light Shine, How Mindfulness Can Empower Children and Rebuild Communities, is partly about the systems in Baltimore that make life so challenging for black and brown children, partly about the author's personal transformations through yoga. The volume tells the stories of the Holistic Life Foundation's founding and the two decades it's been working to spread love to at-risk youth. 
I spoke with the co-authors and co-founders in October, Ali Smith, Otman Smith, and Andres Gonzalez. The Holistic Life Foundation has worked with dozens of Baltimore City schools, from elementary to high school. I asked Ali Smith to describe how his personal practice differs from what's offered inside the school system. So in the schools, we have to be very careful of what we say so that we don't scare anyone off or can be seen as spiritual or religious practices. So um, I'd say a lot of what we do in the school, um, it's a lot of physical work, a lot of physical yoga, uh, some movement to help people heal trauma and burn off some energy, uh, some basic breath work uh, to still the mind and to deal with stress and anxiety and things along those lines. And then a lot of awareness practices um, that are just uh, to be aware of your thoughts, be aware of your breath, uh, to be aware of um, the love you have for yourself and others. Um, and and it's, very, it's a very surface level practice, but it's very effective. Uh, and it's been working. It's been scientifically proven to work with a couple studies we've done. My personal practice is a very spiritual practice. I grew up in a church that was based on uh, Kriya Yoga. And um, so like at the heart of my practice is um, my connection to the uni- to the universe and my true infinite self, like they would always talk about, and Uncle Will would always talk about uh, the light within you, like that that divine spark, you're the you part of the universe within you, uh, the God within you, the soul, your the light of your soul, and how to connect to it um, through your practice. Um, I do a lot of breath work. Um, the meditations I do are spiritual, so I'd say um, that's my personal practice. It's deep, it's deeply spiritually rooted in yogic philosophy. Um, and it has a lot to do. And when people think of yoga, a lot of people think of just the bending and stretching. Uh, but our teacher was all about teaching us the ways that you can live the practice, not just do the practice, but be the practice. And, you know, it's about the way that you interact with yourself, the way that you interact with the universe, the way that you interact with the people around you um, in a way that's coming from your your highest self. And it's not something that's going to happen all the time. I'm not going to say that, walk around here and say, like, I'm acting from my highest self at all times, but I do know what it is. I do know how to tap into it, and I do have a choice that I can make. Um, and sometimes I, I choose to act for my higher self. Sometimes it's just a you know a, a response to or reaction to what's going on, and it's not perfect. But then going back and trying to fix that. So I think it's it's all about getting in touch with your light and experiencing it in your meditation, so you can let it shine throughout your day and your act, interactions with yourself and others. Andres, what are the elements of a typical class for younger kids? Our structure is for all ages, and we just actually change the way that we deliver the message or deliver the practice. So the basic skeletal structure of all our classes is we start with a centering practice, which is usually a breathing exercise. We'll then do some kind of movement to get the participants to feel comfortable in their bodies, and that also helps deal with some of the trauma that they store in their bodies. Uh, Following the movement, we do some breathing practices to help still the mind, and we finish off with a meditation practice. Now, depending on the situation, if we're in a school, we may provide them with a homework uh, exercise, which is something like, hey, now that you know how to do this type of breathing practice, when you go home, lead your one of your peers in the practice, lead one of your siblings, lead one of your parents in the practice. And the idea is that we're always using a reciprocal teaching model. This model enables it to be more than just the three of us going out there and spreading these techniques and this empathy and this love to the communities. But it makes it so that every participant, every student that takes one of our classes, they now become a teacher and they can go out to the communities and make a difference as well. And Altman, meditation is always guided. Why? The reason why meditation is guided is because, you know, sometimes uh, 
when there is empty space, uh, the traumas uh, that people have faced, whether it be uh, intergenerational trauma, um, you know, direct trauma that they face in their lives or secondary trauma can come up. So if you are talking them through the meditation, uh, you can kind of guide them to the destination, which is their inner light, their inner peace. Uh, but, you know, if you don't kind of guide them through their meditation, those trauma can arise and they can do more harm than good. So that's uh, the real reason why, you know, we do lead meditation uh, with, you know, guided meditation and instruction. And what does guided meditation for kids sound like? It's just uh, kind of giving them prompts on what you want them to focus on and then uh, letting them know that if their mind does wander, uh, it's okay because, you know, that's, you know, part of being human. The mind does wander, but being able to anchor themselves in the breath and once they anchor themselves back on the breath, bring them back to what they're supposed to be focused on. And, you know, that is the way that you kind of... Um, lead a guided med meditation for youth and anyone for that matter. This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast, speaking with Atman Smith, one of the founders of the Holistic Life Foundation, which teaches mindfulness programs in Baltimore City schools. Also with me are co-founders Ali Smith and Andres Gonzalez. They've collaborated on a book about their program titled Let Your Light Shine. Andres, one of the book's chapters is titled Off the Mat, practices. What does that refer to? So a lot of times when people get presented with yoga, they only think of the bending and stretching. And those we would consider mat-based practices. So when you actually roll out a mat, you sit down and you do some form of movement. Our teacher used to always say to us, even if you did two hours of mat-based practices throughout the day, so you really hit the mat hard, you got in that movement practice, there's still 22 other hours left in the day. And he's like, what are you going to do then? Are you just going to be a bad person and treat people disrespectfully? He's like, that's not the way this works. So a lot of those off the mat practices are more based on how you think, how you treat people, and how you act. So a lot of stuff in yogic philosophy is based on your thoughts, your words, and your actions. And being nonviolent in those thoughts, words, and actions, being unhurtful, being truthful, um, so on and so forth. So, so more how you go throughout your day. Our teacher would often say to us, yoga isn't something you do, it's something you are. And that's what we're meaning when we're talking about those off the mat practices where you want to incorporate this philosophy of union and, and oneness and, and love throughout every single moment of your day. Allie, can you tell me about a specific student who has gone on to teach for the program? There's been tons of them. Um, one that, that pops into my mind is a young man named, named Ramon Brown. Uh, Ramon Brown's a kid from our neighborhood, from North and Pulaski. Uh, we met him when he was in the second grade. Um, him and his friends approached me and Ottman about coaching their basketball team. They were in a tournament up at Douglas High School, and uh, they didn't have a coach. So we went and we coached them. The first game, we got waxed, like we got destroyed. Uh, second game, we lost on a buzzer beater, but I feel like if we'd have had some time to coach him, we probably could have won the tournament. Um, you know, and then they were in the neighborhood, him and his homies, and they were just kind of wrecking everything. Uh, we brought him in, um, him and his, uh, him and two of his other friends were like the little ringleaders of their little gang. And, uh, so we, we brought them in, we started taking them down to the YMCA, 
um, for our after school program. So Ramon's done our after school program. He's done our mentoring program. He's done our um, workforce development program. He's worked for us in schools. And now um, he's taken a new position where he's doing observations for our staff. Um, so he's like helping us train up our staff. And he's also working on this project through uh, Monsi, uh, where he's going to be doing a lot of teaching and drug treatment facilities and homeless shelters all around the city. So we're, we're very, very proud of him and the teacher he's become. He's a very deep personal practice, and it shines through in his work with the kids that he works with and the adults that he works with and how much care he takes in uh, like crafting a very well thought out and loving class. Like He's an amazing young man. There's so much that you're doing that is amazing, and so much of it is in this book. Thank you for, for talking to us about it. Thanks. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate the platform, and you know, peace and love to you and your audience. And to you. Otman Smith, Ali Smith, and Andres Gonzalez are co-founders of the Holistic Life Foundation. They've written a book about their in-school and after-school meditation program titled Let Your Light Shine how mindfulness can empower children and rebuild communities. We spoke in October. At the On the Record page at WYPR.org, we have links to more information about the Holistic Life Foundation and its success in Baltimore. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Join us again tomorrow.